0: contracts, salary caps. Why do our favorite teams make some of the moves they do? It's usually the money. It's time for the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to a special edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt, one that'll tug on your heartstrings. We're presented always by betonline.ag. They're your online sportsbook experts. And, of course, the exclusive partner Podcast One Sportsnet, which this pod is part of. Use that promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% sign-up bonus today, betonline.ag. First, going to give you my rant of the week before we get to a special podcast, but this entire podcast is kind of an emotional one. We're going to talk about a story that I read last week, It was the most impactful thing I read in a long time, and it just revi- it spurred me to call the principles. I'll get to that in a minute, but speaking of emotion, I'm also recording this on a day where... One of the influences of my life, certainly on the broadcast side, but also the personal side, is retiring. Bob Lee is retiring from ESPN. ESPN, of course, has uh, a lot of personalities, a lot of people that have uh, sort of built it and shaped it over the years. But to me, on the serious journalistic side, giving it gravitas, there's no one besides Bob Lee uh, that comes close. He has done that. He has provided a voice for serious journalism, for serious opinion, for sports thought, for sports policy being featured on television. Again, there's a lot of sports on television. Most of it's events or bloviating or talking heads or screaming. The one who's the most negative, the one who's the loudest, gets the biggest blow blow horn or whatever it's called, megahorn. But then there's Bob Lee, uh, who conducted the show that I was so fortunate to be part of for six years. Outside the lines. I cherish those times. I, I got a lot of calls to do ESPN over my six years there. Sports Center, late night with Scott impelt uh even did uh did the Michael Smith, Jamel Hill show, did a lot of shows, obviously did the NFL shows, NFL Live, NFL Countdown. But there was nothing that sort of pleased me or excited me more than doing Outside the Lines. And I know that's not ratings-wise. That's not saying, well, more people have watch me on this so watch me on Outside the Lines than SportsCenter or NFL Live or the other shows. But it was Outside the Lines, and it was Bob Lee. And the producers there, whether it was Steve or – I mean, listen – Dave Brodsky or Robin Dunn, um, it just, I mean, I just cherish their call. I got so excited because, hey, I'm coming on outside the lines. And in sort of the my heyday with Bob, <laughs> 2000, I guess, 15, 16, 17, a lot of Tom Brady, a lot of Ray Rice, Adrian Peterson, all that stuff. But, of course, anything, whether it be drugs or concussions or gambling or any of the issues that came up outside the lines, uh, it was, pardon the pun, I didn't even mean that came on Outside the Lines, and I would get called all the time, and I was so happy to be part of that show, even it was just a minute spot, I'm happy to ride down, go to the studio and do it, because it was just an impressive guy. In fact, I've kept on my Twitter page the Bob Lee profile pic for all that time, just because of the influence that he had on me. A friend, when I went up to ESPN, we went out to dinner. We shared an appreciation of wine. We shared an appreciation of vocabulary. He used my There Will Be Lawyers line a bunch of times. Uh, And, of course, you know, I'm a fan of words. He is as well. Things I always think of words like conflate or inundate, and I think of Bob Lee. So we'll stay friends. We have stayed friends. We've been communicating since I left ESPN or was asked to leave ESPN, uh, in April 2000. What is that? April 2017, I guess. Right draft weekend that year. Uh, I cherish my time. I cherish my time at ESPN. It was six years. It was a good experience, but sort of the best times were probably. As he moves into retirement, they lose a voice. They lose the voice of reason. They lose the voice of gravitas. Uh, outside lines will never be the same. ESPN will be never be the same. But You know, I'll be talking with Bob Lee and maybe have him on this podcast to talk about what's next, looking back, looking present, and looking ahead. But mazels, huzzas, kudos to Bob Lee, my friend, my mentor in many ways, someone I'm proud to call a colleague in a close personal relationship. That's my thought on Bob Lee. Now word from ButcherBox. ButcherBox is offering new members free bacon for life. Let's tell you what it is. It is high-quality meat you can trust. Every month, ButcherBox gives 100% grass-fed, grass-finished beef, free-range organic chicken. And, of course, what I like, not a big meat-eater here, wild Alaskan salmon directly to your door. Starts with a commitment to humanely raise animals, never fed antibiotics or hormones, delivered right to your door. High-quality meats, and, of course, my favorite, the salmon, pure, wild, sustainably-harvest salmon, From Bristol Bay, Alaska, they partnered with fishermen who uphold strict fishing and handling practices that guarantee the highest quality. Butcher Box, to get your free bacon for life. Yeah, that's the promo going on, bacon for life. Your subscription plus $20 off. Go to butcherbox.com, enter promo code BOS for business of sports at checkout. That's one pack of bacon for free in every single box for the life of your subscription plus 20% off, go to butcherbox.com, use promo code BOS, butcherbox.com, promo code BOS. Now let's get to our interview for this week on the Business of Sports podcast. I was away, actually I was in Costa Rica, which features prominently in this story, and I read an article that was sent to me by someone written by someone in finance who works for Albert Bridge Capital. His name is Drew Dixon. He's the father of Max Dixon. He talked about Max Dixon having some demons, growing up and the worries that every parent has with a troubled child, whether he'd come home late, whether he'd come home at all. And then, of course, the kid get himself together, going to Costa Rica and finding a dog that changed his life. And then a chance encounter with the Indianapolis Colts' Kenny Moore. And... This is such a great story. I will link the story in the show notes. You will have to read the story and then hear the principles. The principles are Max Dixon, the boy who is the, the, the featured pre, featured in this story, the son of Drew Dixon, the friend of Kenny Moore, and of course, Kenny Moore, newly minted Kenny Moore with a new contract from the Amplest Colts. He is on this podcast as well. Max and Kenny talking about this wonderful story that I hope you read about. Without further ado, here's Max Dixon and the Indianapolis Colts, Kenny Moore, talking about this wonderful story. Enjoy it. Every now and then you see something on the internet, on the webs, that really catches your attention and tugs at your heartstrings. One of those happened to me over the past week, actually, while I was vacationing in Costa Rica. (laughs) A big part of this involves Costa Rica and a dog. from Costa Rica it was an article by Drew Dixon of Albert Bridge Capital about his son and his son's chance encounter with someone now in the NFL and celebrating a big contract so I just wanted to talk about it I wanted to welcome to the podcast Max Dixon and Kenny Moore guys thanks for being with me well,
1: thanks,
2: thanks for having us. having
0: us thanks for having us yeah. Max I'm going to start with you and you know you talk as much as or as little as you want about this and i know that you've been willing and able to share some of your personal struggles and really appreciate if you want to do that if you don't i totally understand but the article starts out with your dad's concerns about what was going through as you were growing up and some of the struggles you had uh, before we get to the situation at hand so Share that if you would, and, and it obviously would be important for people that are struggling right now that are listening to this. For Sure. Um,
1: so I changed schools a couple times before um, the stress started to um, consume me, and really had trouble fitting in at school. Before I knew it, I was um, made it with the made friends with the wrong people and started going down the path of the wrong habits and. Before I knew it, I I left school and um, started getting into a bit of trouble, and my dad tried everything, sending me to wilderness therapy and um, different therapists and psychologists, but none of it seemed to be working, and it was, um, yeah, just a problem with me. Um, And when I went to Costa Rica, like where you were, um, things started changing. I started um, being surrounded by people who really had good motives in life and um you had passions and um if it was surfing or or cooking whatever it was and um so i started to kind of feel a bit more hope in life um and started to get better yeah
0: now your dad in the in the post talks about his worries about you growing up and i think people can tell now by your accent <laughs> you spent a lot of time growing up yeah overseas in london yeah and uh Yes. in the shadow of albert bridge which he works for albert bridge capital and wrote so eloquently about it were those demons something yes. that you were able to control and when you decided to sort of leave london and go to costa rica how was your parents reactions yes. what did you intend to do down there was it kind of just to find yourself how about that trip to in in its beginning
1: well it, it's funny because just a year before that um i basically told my parents the exact same thing i said um, I want to go to Hawaii. Um, it's it's going to be it's going to be a great retreat for me. I'll be able to get away from all the stress and bad influences. And I was more lying to myself than I was to them. So I I think when I told them about Costa Rica, they just thought it was going to be another kind of Groundhog Day situation. It was just it was going to be the same thing, and I would end up back in London. Um, so they were they were hesitant at first though i think after a couple of weeks when they noticed that i had gotten a job and i was a, i was able to kind of provide for myself for the very first time and they thought um well you know it, it's that's good enough for us then
0: and you go to yeah. costa rica as your dad described in terms of a friend doing some backpacking and they agreed to pay for the first week of backpacking yeah. and then you were kind of on your own and as you said, you kind of made yeah. it happen for yourself and got some jobs and and then, of course, you ran yeah. into a little furry friend. Tell us about that
1: um so yeah after i, I mean the first couple of weeks like well, like going anywhere starting a new job or um or uh anything, it was great um everything was great about it, and uh, I started to kind of slip down the path of. Just not finding the enjoyment from what I was doing anymore. I didn't. I um, I didn't enjoy the the work I was doing. Um. And plus, my friend who I went there to um. Be with during uh, my time in Costa Rica. He he flew back to London because he didn't want to stay there anymore. So I felt kind of alone, and um. Uh, and it just, I just started going down the same um. Same path as um as my mind kind of brings me down to so sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I got to a really dark place. Um, I just felt really alone and kind of was just, I just kind of kept to, kept to myself. Um, didn't want to surround myself with any people and uh, started just thinking um, about, yeah, just kind of not wanting to be here anymore to say, yeah,
0: you was tough what, you know, again, this, these are tough subjects, but what kept you going? You know, yeah. what, as you as the the name of the articles, what kept you staying in the game?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, obviously anyone who's read the article um, will say that I found this amazing little, um, this puppy. And, uh, I mean, it really did, um, it really did help me funnily enough, because when you get into this, this, when you get in this mindset of just feeling hopeless and and you're depressed and you can't find your passions or purposes you uh you feel very you kind of you just feel very you just have no motivation anymore and uh, i was in that mindset and when i saw chica she was roaming the streets of um around one of my one of my favorite pizza places around um, um, there and a tiny little puppy so, I mean, I always loved dogs, so I picked her up and um, bought her a collar and a leash. And it, it was a small step, though. I did feel a sense of purpose, and I just felt like, okay, well, you know what? I need to stay here. I need to continue with the job I am. I have. I can't go back to London because, regardless, if, if, I, if I'm going to take her with me, she needs to be 28 days with her rabies shots and all that. So... That really helped me. funnily enough, the dog—the dog really helped me.
0: This dog was homeless and sort of looking for scraps everywhere, and you took her in. Is that correct? Or his, him, or her? Yes. Uh,
1: it was a her. Chica. Yeah, Chica girl, yeah. and she had the locals um, there called her. Um, but it's the only thing that she responded to. So sweet. And then.
0: Sort of taking us through, at some point you decided to leave Costa Rica and you talked to your dad about going to Georgia or Indiana where you had some loose connections. Yeah. And what brought you to Indiana?
1: So um, I, when I got Chica, I stayed in Costa Rica for another four months. Um, uh, and, uh, and Chica was, obviously she was old enough and had all the vaccinations and uh, um, things necessary for her to travel abroad um but i had family in indiana and so i had my grandparents there i also had my cousin um there um and uh, it, it just seemed like a good place to go and be surrounded by family um who, who would be helpful not go back to london down the same path as i did when i came back from hawaii or when i came back from other countries which I visited in the past, I just thought it was best to maybe not go back to London anymore. And I haven't been back since. I mean, it's been about four years since I've gone back to London, funnily enough. How long have you been in, uh, oh. you been in Indianapolis now? Oh, oh, sorry. I, I moved out of Indianapolis um, okay. eight months ago, um, and I moved to Florida.
0: How long were you in Indianapolis?
1: I was in Indianapolis for one year. For okay. one
0: year. Okay, now now we move to the chance encounter. Uh you yeah. the way your dad described it, Chica had never really sort of seen the trappings of normal existence as we consider it. And she saw a squirrel, ran in after the squirrel and lo and behold, yeah. onto a busy street yeah. and was struck by a car. Is that is that a good description of what happened?
1: Yeah. Um it, it's that that's what happened. She um she 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 saw a squirrel, but i i didn't really f- fo- i wasn't focusing on that I just knew that she she kind of broke free and was chasing something on the other side of a busy road so my focus was just to um uh, was was to try and grab her fast enough and i, I mean I was sprinting for about two hundred fifty meters or something
2: mm.
1: and uh, um yeah ten meters I was about 10 meters away from her, maybe, yeah, 10 meters away, 5 meters away from her when the car um, ran her over.
0: And what happened? She was lying there prone and the the
1: driver who hit her sped away? So the driver who hit her, I, I, I'm not sure if he even knew that, I, I mean, he or she must have known, but so, yeah, they, they drove away and I grabbed Chica really felt um, uh, i didn't know where to go i didn't know what to do. I was just kind of sitting in the middle of a street coming I mean, crying it was um, uh, it was really really emotional and chica was i mean i just i wasn't even sure if she was going to make it and uh, like um, Kenny said in one of his posts um, or in maybe the artic- in one of the articles is that if he was to drop chica off maybe five or minutes later she most likely wouldn't have made it something to do because um her pelvis i mean it was broken four or five places so it was so close to the urethra that if she was to do like one sudden movement she would have torn that connection and she wouldn't have made it something along those lines yeah
0: so wait a minute i think you you jumped ahead a little bit so you're in the Yeah, sorry. In the in the street with with a unfortunately dying chica, and what happened? Yeah, who came up on? Explain
1: this. So, yes, I was there for about maybe one minute, sitting there. the majority of cars were driving past, but Kenny um, um, jumped out the car. And uh, he opened his um, passenger seat, um, passenger door, and uh, he kind of came up to me and said, hey, man, I'll I'll drive you to the hospital. And uh, I I just went in without hesitation. I had nowhere else to go. And, uh, yeah, Kenny Kenny offered to drive me to the hospital.
0: Now, Kenny Moore, I want to bring you into the conversation. Tell us about that moment, if you could.
2: Um... It was it was a crazy day. That uh, was my first time ever, you know, seeing something like that happen. But um, you know, Matt was just on his knees, cradling uh, Chica like he was saying, and and uh, everybody else seemed to to seemed to go with the traffic and, and drive away. But um, I was just glad enough that that you know I was able to to help matt in that in that moment. But I like to go back and say, you know, if if I was Matt's and I had a dog that related a lot to Chica. Um, I would have wanted somebody to, to stop for me. Yeah. So,
0: so you stopped. You brought him in with the dog, and you said, "I got you." Yes, sir. And what did you find? You found the local local vet hospital. Where'd you go? How'd you find it?
2: Um, the. So I just searched vet on my phone and and, uh, it was about, you know, a couple miles away, um, close to downtown. And whenever we got there, I ran inside and and told them the story of what happened and told them the problem that we were having. So the vets ran out to check her and then I guess they were evaluating, you know, what they could do for the dog. And they told us that um, they didn't have the equipment and the technology to save Chica. So... Um, I asked the the women um, where was the next vet, you know, the closest vet that I can go to. So um, they led me to one that was like thirty minutes south of downtown, and yeah, along we went.
0: And then they saved the, they saved her, or, or were they just you were sort of touch and go for a while.
2: Um, the second vet that we went to, um, they brought out a stretcher, um, and they put Ch- Chica down on the stretcher, and then they were able to roll her inside. And, um, that's when uh, Max and I exchanged numbers to uh, contact each other later on.
0: Max, did you have any idea that Kenny was an athlete, played for the Colts at that time? <laughs>
1: Um, at the at the very end of the car journey um, he mentioned um, he, he asked me he said what do you do and I said I go to culinary school and I work um, in the kitchen as a cook and I said what do you do and he said well I play for the like in a super humble way he just said oh, well I play for the cult and I mean um, it was I was just I mean I didn't even know what to think I was like that's
0: that's awesome, man! Wow. <laughs> um, Kenny, what was yeah. Kenny? What was your status with the Colts at that point?
2: Um, I was just a couple games in, um, my rookie season, uh, just playing special teams. Mm-hmm. So it was a, it was a minor role on the team, um, just playing special teams. You know, getting used to the city, getting used to to where I was. I don't know as a person and as a player. So just getting it started, I guess.
0: And you guys developed a nice friendship from that point on, and I read that you know, sort of brought Max yes, to a sir.
2: couple games. Yep. Yeah, yeah he comes to a game uh, a year later.
0: Max, I'm touched by uh, Kenny's just incredible humility in all of this as it seems to yeah. be yeah. continuing right now. I mean, I'm always... I deal with a lot of athletes. Uh, The ones that I always find most impressive are just stay always humble, always hungry. Yeah. And I'm just, I saw that in in the story. and I'm seeing it now. And did that impress you right
1: away? Yeah. I mean, um, I I see. um, uh, So I kind of broke up there. You said when when he got his contract, did that impress me right away?
0: No. When, you know, just his, his humility right
1: away. Oh, oh, of course, I mean um and uh I mean it's not the fact that he was he's a football player, and it's um that that doesn't that doesn't mean anything to me, but the fact that so many cars drove by um and he was he's just this guy my age, basically at the time, and he was willing to take time out of his day and uh, the fact that I mean he told me he was out giving thanksgiving turkeys to the homeless or something mm-hmm. so. I knew I knew that he was just. I knew that this guy. I mean, he's a good guy, and if anything, he had more important things to do than anybody who drove past, because he's giving food to homeless people. And uh, so, yeah, it was it was easy to see that this is a good a good person to be around.
0: And Kenny, I mean, the, the really the the story has such a nice bow on it because. As football fans know, a lot of them that listen to this podcast, you were just rewarded with a four-year contract extension. And uh, humility and hard work has paid off. And that had to be just sort of a validating moment for you. Uh, You know, just this guy that stopped when no one did and nursed and cared for Chica, now rewarded in his own right with a nice contract from the Colts. Just talk about that if you would.
2: Um. You know, I was just you know raised to you know you reap what you sow, and uh, not even thinking you know that I did something good that day was you know I it was just normal for me to do because you know I that's just what I was taught to do by my parents, and uh, then again you know if I was in his shoes I would, I would want somebody to stop for me. So, um, you know I was I was shocked and and scared that day, but um. I think you know stopping for him and helping him was my only choice. You know, uh, I, I couldn't I couldn't have gone the rest of that day, you know, knowing that I could have stopped but didn't. So um, with the contract and everything, uh, I guess you know things just tie in together, you know, yeah. to, to happen in your favor whenever you do you know the right thing. So um, yeah. you know, as, as far as me working hard and been. Uh, a football player with good ability. Um you gotta do the, the right things off the field too to you know, have have things work in your favor off the field. So um I'm just glad that I stopped and I did my best to to be a good person.
0: When your agent told you they came to you or, or they were having discussions this off season, did you feel like I mean you must have felt great that the Colts had this feeling about you wanted to extend mm-hmm. you and gave you this night nice contract going into the season. I mean, that all had to be just such a nice feeling for you. But I know you, I know you. that's just a step. You're going to stay humble and hungry, right?
2: Yes, sir. I mean, there's a lot of things that I want to accomplish um, in this league and, and as a person, you know, within my community and and uh, the people around me. So um, the, the contract was just, you know, a stepping stone for me. It was was great to achieve, but um, there's a lot more things that, you know, I would like to achieve um, individually and something that, you know, things that I want to achieve as a team. So um, there's a lot more in store. And you've got high hopes, as
0: a lot of people do, I'm sure, for the Colts and Andrew Luck returning to health and such a good first year with Frank Reich, who I also know well from his time in the league and also being with these uh, Eagles. Only looks north Mm -hmm. for the Indianapolis Colts this year. You're part of that. What was it? Things look good for the Colts, right?
2: Oh, yes, sir. Um, We're just trying to put the pieces to the puzzle um, to get something that we all want, and uh, that's a championship. Um, You know, there's no other reason, you know, anyone should be playing this league, you know, to get a championship. So. Um, we're just doing all we can to to uh, to win the day each day, and uh, hopefully we can call those days together, and um, you know be smiling in February. <laughs> tell me,
0: in our final moments with Max Dixon and Kenny Moore, tell me about your guys' relationship as it stands today, and uh, how it's grown since that fateful meeting.
2: Uh, we're just very thankful. Um, that you know, things worked out for the for the greater good as far as, you know, chicken living and uh, you know, both of us being healthy. And um, you know, I, I didn't I didn't know too much about Max um his history in past. But um you know, I'm thankful and, and and glad that he's in he's in good shape right now and I pray for him to you uh, yeah just just be good in strength and and just to be the, the person that you know, his his parents um wants him to be so um you know I have high hopes for Max and and uh you know I believe that he'll be the person that he wants to be.
0: Yeah. Max, I'll give you the Thank last you. word to talk about talk about yourself, how you're doing now, how's Chica doing? And uh any words you have yeah. for those who may be uh maybe suffering their own demons that you could you could help them through.
1: Well, um yeah and to add what Kenny has said I mean he's been he's been a great friend um messaging me and um uh, messaging me all the time and seeing how I am and uh, um uh, and uh, and I think that's been really helpful for me to overcome uh, um some of my demons and anyone who's going through stress and um or anyone that you that um people might know who're going through their own stress ma- to try to make sure that you're there for them and uh, if anyone's going through their own personal um uh, problems and depressions, just the most important thing is try to just, just find your passions in life, see what you see what you mm-hmm. want to do. Um for me it was becoming a becoming a chef. And I would have never thought that in a million years, but um the intensity of it is, is what I enjoy. But yes, Chica Chica's doing great. Um it she took um a while to get back to normal, though She's, um, uh, she's better than ever, and she goes for runs with me and uh, um, uh, she loves Florida because it's pretty similar weather to Costa Rica
0: <laughs> And how can people reach out to you Max, on socials
1: um, uh, well yeah I have, I have a just just a Twitter page um, it's second chance hope and the second is about two n d and if anyone ever wants to send me a message i'll I'll try to find my best to respond to people. I've I've had a couple people reach out to me, and um, I wouldn't say I'm qualified, and don't expect that I have the magic answer. But um, <laughs> I can give you the I can give you the best advice that I have.
0: Well, it's such a happy ending, and I realize it's just beginning for both of you guys. But the chance encounter on the streets of Indianapolis after a terrible event has brought you two together, has given us a story to talk about, and hopefully inspired those who are listening. Max Dixon, Kenny Moore, congratulations on that contract. It's all good for you guys right now. Really appreciate it and loved having you on the podcast. Well, thank, thank, you,
1: so. thank you, Andrew. I appreciate you. To us. Thank you. Okay.
0: I really hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as I did talking to those guys. Just a sweet story. It talks about humility. It talks about overcoming demons. It talks about friendship that can bind and bond and heal and develop new people and and just the, the story of Kenny Moore and Max Dixon overcoming so much. And Kenny Moore just said, Hey, I got you. Those are one of the three most comforting words that you'll ever hear. I got you. He did in time of need when so many drivers passed by. I just love the story. I thank you for indulging me and getting those guys on for something I found. You know, one of the advantages of hosting a podcast I said how I was impressed with that online on Twitter, and of course the two guys followed me right away, Max Dixon and Kenny Moore, and that's how I reached out and got them on. They're just so impressive, and I love talking to them. Finally, a word from our sponsor, Bet Online, as we approach the end of June, the action continues. More MLB, we got Women's World Cup, of course UFC, MLS Soccer. We know what's going on in Women's World Cup. We follow that US team. I've talked to Jeff Kessler who's sued on behalf of them to get equal pay to the men. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code podcast1, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. That's the end of a very special podcast on the business of sports, and that'll do it for this week. Really appreciate if you enjoy that. Leave us a good comment on Apple Podcasts, wherever you hear your podcasts. And always love those you who follow me on Twitter, at Andrew Brandt. And appreciate our producer extraordinaire who handled this as all our podcasts, Brian Neal. That'll do it for this special edition, this heartfelt edition of The Business of Sports. And we'll be back next week with another edition of The Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Thanks for listening to the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also get additional insider insight by listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and College Draft Podcast, all at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts are found.